0: Your thing, yeah. Cool, perfect. All right, man. I'm gonna just push this live, and then um, we'll we'll be rocking. Hey guys, it's Tristan with Cairo Sushi. We're live. Uh, You know, this has been a big one. I've been promoting. Uh, We got the man, the myth, the legend, Tucker Max, on with us, and uh, either. I guess 50% of you are going to be like madly in love and, and orgasming out, or the other 50% are going to write me nasty emails. We'll maybe dive into that for a second and see why you're still such a di- dividing figure, uh, dude. Uh, but Tucker, thanks so much for giving us some of your time tonight. Of course, man. Thank you for having me. So, uh, the reason I wanted to touch, uh, connect with you, or actually more importantly, connect with the company you founded, uh, Book in a Box, was I saw you at the HustleCon. And I was just blown away by your presentation your tactile approach to giving away information. You're cool as shit You just kind of like this is how to do something really smart. Uh, You did a presentation on um, How how you guys blew up your job applications? And I was like you could scale that to any type of marketing thing the way you guys were doing it was just epic and uh, I mean obviously you're a best-selling author for people that don't know who you are, this is kind of like a chance, like, can you just give us uh, your your elevator pitch about who you are, what you've done, and what you've accomplished?
1: Uh, yeah. So I, um uh, let's see, I invented a literary genre, according to the New York Times, not according to me, uh, called fratire, which uh, is basically like stories. I was like the first, honestly, the simplest way to understand it, and this is going to sound arrogant, but it's true is that I basically was the first uh, – uh, one of the first guys to really popularize what people call bro culture. Like yeah. uh, I, like that's I, – I, it was pretty much me. And I, clearly I was not the first bro at all by any stretch of the imagination. And you won't be but, the last one. <laughs> right, right. But I was, I was the first one to ever write stories about drinking, hooking up, like falling down, peeing yourself. I can, yeah. I can eat. All the stuff all we all do in our 20s. And I wrote uh, four books um, with short stories about that that sort of stuff. Sold about three million copies uh, worldwide, translated to like 40, 50 languages, uh, like seven plus years in the bestseller list, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Three books I think hit number one of mine. Like me. It's kind of – it's like one of those funny stats. Malcolm Gladwell and Michael Lewis are the only people to have three books on the nonfiction list. Of this. Uh, uh, so I did that for my late 20s, early 30s. And then like everybody, I just got bored with it, and I didn't have any more stories to tell. So I just stories. And then I went and did other stuff for like three or four years. And then I kind of stumbled into my current company, booking a Box, and this is what I- – I do can you hear me
0: yeah 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 know uh, this server someone's gonna find who, whoever's gonna figure out how to do live video for interviews is gonna be a millionaire there's they're starting to figure out uh, so uh, be real quick you also I mean the stuff that you're doing kind of in between book in the box. Uh, you invested, uh, you, you invested in your wife's, she's got a startup for, is, yeah. it, is it, uh, nursing, is it nurse on demand or healthcare no, on nurse,
1: demand? Nurse, nurse practitioners. Yeah. It's a very niche thing. She does on-site healthcare for drug and alcohol rehab facilities. Okay. Um, it's, it's doing fantastic, man. There's nothing better when you have an amazing woman and you love her, marry her, raise a family with her. And she brings in 50 grand a month. Like that's like, <laughs> that's the greatest thing ever. Like, I hit, yeah. I hit the jackpot here. Um, and yeah, and no, she's I, like, "Well, dude, you got money, so
0: just you can be my angel, right,
1: or what?" Well, you know what's funny? Honest, honest to God, I put zero dollars in because uh, she bootstrapped. I, I mean, I helped her with a ton of advice, yeah, and and, and really helped her kind of and you know get, and pushed her a little bit. And she had all the kind of normal uh, like fears and objections that early entrepreneurs had. And I, I like I'd been doing that stuff for years, so it was like, no. You're gonna do this. No, you're gonna get over that. Like that, you're gonna skip past that. Here's how to do that, whatever. And so I kind of helped her, but she struck, she was really smart. She structured her business with zero debt and and no, uh, like no, she didn't raise any money or anything. So Brilliant. when I say she's kicking off, you know, anywhere from 30 to 50 grand a month profit, like not to investors, like to us yeah. in the house. It's amazing. That's freaking incredible. epic, dude. That's
0: epic. Yeah. Uh, since you're in that, I mean, since you guys are in that the healthcare space, from an outsider, from a smart dude who's a- analytical, uh, and you're looking outside in, and you're looking at the healthcare paradigm. Like, what are your two cents on it? What do you think are the things that need to be done? Or, I mean, I, I know that yeah. can't be an easy answer, it, but you no,
1: know, I mean, it's a big. So, you want like sort of on a broader policy thing, on an individual. Like, tell me, give me an area to focus on, because that's yeah, too like, big of a. Yeah,
0: like, like, um. You know, in our area with a chiropractic, it's like, you know, changing a health, like the paradigm of of, of health care. Like I saw that she's doing stuff with preventative wellness and stuff. And, and, you know, uh-huh. we're getting we're focusing more on, hey, let's let's solve the problem before the problems happen. Right. Uh, yeah. But We're still in this paradigm of sick care, which, you know, the money's made on on pharmaceuticals and shit like that. Right. Of course.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, I'm a big if you pay attention you realize, and I don't think there's some massive conspiracy behind it, I think it's just the way the system and the incentives work, but you have massive corporations who sell you the disease and then you have different massive corporations who sell you the cure. And uh, uh, that whole system, and then a whole system of companies that insure you and make money off of it. So it's essentially a a bunch of vampire squid companies sitting (laughs) on top of lives of humans and sucking them dry. Whereas people like you, people like my wife, are like, no, there's a better way. You can take care of yourself. You can eat well. You can understand the things that in, that in life that matter, which are connection and relationships, things like that. And you can like approach sort of health from not not even preventative, but a holistic way. Like, why am I even alive? What am I trying to accomplish? How do I get these things? And then that way, your life can be about um, getting the things you want, as opposed to paying people to keep you alive because you're so sick. You know? Yeah. Um, but it, like on a larger level, dude, I, like at least I don't invest actively anymore because my company's too um, – it's growing too fast and I just – that's my full-time thing. But um, the, someone in the world is going to lead the charge uh, with, uh, with a, the paradigm shift away from sick care to healthcare to true healthcare, meaning preventative, holistic, like human need-based. It's probably not going to be America. I hate to say that because yeah, uh, because yeah. the food company, the ag, the big ag companies, the insurance companies, and the pharmaceutical companies are too powerful, and they have captured the political process. And like, you, dude, look at look at the price of everything has gone down in America over the last thirty years, except two things: healthcare and education. Yeah, I think there might be a third, but like those are basically the things. And and so it's like. Um, it's going to be somebody else, and that company will have a massive competitive advantage, and a bunch of people will move there. I'm sorry, that country, and, and <laughs> yeah. uh, it, like it's going to be an incredible thing. And then hopefully, America, you know, probably we're talking about my kids, you know, uh, will you know at that point be able to like uh, uh, shift over. But I hate to say it, like it's here's the place where it's going to start, but it's not going to take root here, and it's not going to become institutional here the way it will be somewhere else. And I don't know where it is. Because I don't think it'll be Europe either. I don't know where it's going to be.
0: Well, those Asians kind of know. No, I shouldn't. I'm going to get yelled at by Danny Bay. Danny, I'm sorry. Uh, hey, so I, I, I appreciate that feedback, and thank you. So you you, you get uh, into a dilemma, I heard. Uh, some entrepreneur, I, I think it was Melissa Gonzalez, kind of called your ass out, and that's how you started uh, Book in the Box. Am I correct with that?
1: Yeah, yeah. I was at an entrepreneur dinner, and this woman uh, came up to me, and she's like, hey, people have been writing, asking me to write a book for 10 years. How do I get this thing out of my head? Like I, I can't sit at a computer for a year and write this. So how do I do this? And I'm like, I asked her, I said, Are you asking me how to write a book without writing it? And she's like, Yeah. <laughs> and and so then of course I start making fun of her and I start shaming her. And and like, you know, talking about, oh, everyone wants to be a star, but no one wants to put in the hard work. Right. And there's no way to write without writing. It's literally in the word and all those sorts of things. And she kind of rolls her eyes at me and she's like, Look, this is an entrepreneur dinner, right? I'm like, Yeah. She's like, Are you an entrepreneur? I'm like, yeah, of course. She's like, yeah, I don't think so. Because if you were actually an entrepreneur, you would help me solve my problem and not lecture me about hard work. And I was like, like <laughs> 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 like, I was like, uh, but she was 100% right. And so, of course, I was like mortified. And I became obsessed with this issue. How do I get this woman's book out of her head without her having to type for a year? And but there's so always it, been
0: ghostwriters, dude, right? I mean, there's right,
1: always well, been... No, see, great question. That was the thing. She's like, I don't want a ghostwriter because I want it to be my words and my voice. Right? right. And because and, that's what I said. I said. I'll go hire a ghostwriter. I said, no, no, no. It's got to be my ideas, my words, my voice. I don't want anyone else putting their version of my words and my ideas now. And so uh, it, like, it took me like two months and I was obsessed with this and I could not figure out the answer. And then it hit me all at once. This already exists. This is how some of the most important works of Western uh, history have been uh, recorded and shared. Scribes. Like like Socrates didn't write shit down, Plato wrote it all down, right? <laughs> Jesus didn't write anything down, the apostles That's wrote it did. all down. Yeah. Right, Buddha didn't write, write anything down, his disciples did. Well, if Buddha and Jesus can do it, why not Melissa? So I wrote yeah. down every, the st- every, every step to writing a book on a whiteboard and I realized I only needed her for the content. I could do everything else, right? So every time I needed her, I got her on the phone, I interviewed her, I got everything out of her head and I just went through it in a very systematic way It ended up working out great, and what's funny is we ended up putting up this amazing book, and I'm such a dumbass. I thought, oh, wow, that's interesting. What a cool project. Yeah, like, you know, it was fun, but now I'm going to go back to this other stuff, and then she started referring people to us, and then I did a a different podcast, Lewis House's podcast, and I just talked about this for 10 minutes just as an aside thing, like about how to – it was a different question I answered by giving this as an example – and Louis is like, what's that business called? And I'm like, what business? What are you talking about? <laughs> it's not a business. I just did this. And he's like, oh, yeah, you should do that. And, and so the, whatever. Long story short, we ended up doing $200,000 in business in like two months without really Damn, even dude. having a landing page. It was like we just put up like book in a box email here for info. And, and Zach and I were like, oh, I guess this is a business. And Zach's like, yeah, well, no shit. I was trying to tell you that for months. But I didn't think I honestly didn't think it was a business. That's how dumb I was. And now here we are. We're doing 10 million in revenue this year. We got 25 employees. Like uh, like all this crazy stuff. And and I was not even seeing it. It was right in front of my face.
0: Yeah, and you. And I mean, like your story of, of how you got in, because you've you've said before, um, you know, the, the publishing industry is kind of like they're bullies. And obviously, you don't want to become like what you kind of fought against. Right. But like you guys have like like really like. One of the things that's a selling point to me about Book in the Box is not just the the model, right? It's also the people that you have behind it, because you have people from Random House, Simon uh, Simon's Schuster. Like, how oh, did you score? How did you score these folks? Just because of your networking and because of obviously who you were?
1: <laughs> well, that's part of it. The honest to God truth is, um, the old model, the old publishing houses, uh, uh, the old sort of journal uh, media houses are all crumbling, dude. Like, the world is fundamentally changing. And and the, the, the old model was elitism and exclusion and gatekeepers, and the new model is, is like, the opposite. It's earning it. It's, it's essentially earning it versus uh, monopolistic power. And so, like, there is an incredible amount of talent out there that is trained in the old model. And these people, none of these people are entrepreneurial, man. If you spent 20 years as an editor at Random House – you don't no. know how to start a fucking company. You don't know anything except how to, you know story, you know narrative, you know structure, you know words, you know writing. You're amazing at that, right? So we're able to get crazy high-level people uh, because we pay pretty good. We pay, on average, our freelancers make fifty to hundred dollars an hour. Nice. So like, for, yeah. for, I mean, like if you're working at basically full-time at that, you're making a really good, you know, anywhere from sixty to a hundred yeah. something a year, and it's remote. And it's sort of at will, and so like it's very flexible. So we get really high-level people. Um, and our process, the way we have our process set for freelancers, is that it's a hundred times better than like if you're just a random ghostwriter. Think about everything you have to do to get a, a client. You got to find the client. You got to negotiate. You got to do the deal. You got to deal with payments. You got to set expectations. You have to do everything. It's a huge pain in the ass as a ghostwriter, right? If you work with us, all you do is you come in at your specific task you work your task with the author and then you're done and you're out you get paid you don't have to worry about anything you know we've yeah. a ton of of high level ghostwriters who really don't take many ghostwriting gigs they'll take one or two a year and they fill all the rest of the time with us
0: yeah it's- I, forget. I mean, I had the, the, the douchey thing in my head. I was going to say, well, it's
1: kind of like the Uber of publishing, but I was like going to no, slap no, myself. No. It's, <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, th- there is a level at which that comparison is very accurate. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's,
0: we, we have to go there sometimes. I, at the last Kairosushi Summit, and, uh, you know, just as we, we, uh, we're we going to have Tucker at the next Kairosushi Summit, but the last one, we had John Kim, who was the founder of Five9, took a company public. He talked about how every doctor has to think of their healthcare practice as a media company first. It was like his mantra over and over and over. He was like, write six blogs a week, write six what's blogs the, what, a week. What's his name? John Kim. John Kim. is the founder of Five9. He was also my, my co-founder at a company called Doctor Base uh, a couple of years ago. And so uh, he was just going on about being a media company. And so when I saw you at HustleCon, I was like, and I knew about your program, I was like, this is the perfect fit because the roots and foundation of chiropractic have been built on books. Yeah. But we don't really have. I do want to give credit Robert Silverman, who's one of my buddies. He did use your services, wrote a phenomenal book mm-hmm. called Inside Out Health. Uh, but we, we, you know, it's dumb question time. But why the hell should a chiropractor uh, or any type of healthcare provider write a damn book?
1: It's a great question. So um, look, it comes down to this. We live in a world now where um, no one. The, the, the mantras of authority are no longer good enough, right? If you just have a degree on your wall, maybe that'll work uh, for some doctors still. But for the most part, no one cares. No one believes you. No one trusts authority. What people trust is uh, evidence, proof of work, right? Yeah. And so we tell this to professionals in all fields. It's funny you get a doctor saying this because they're like, doctors are one of the, the last fields I expect to do this, although everyone will make the shift is that everyone? everyone's not going to necessarily have to have a personal brand like Kim Kardashian or whatever, but everyone will have to have a professional brand. Yes. And it won't be enough to just have a cool logo and to have a, you know, a Yellow Pages ad and maybe some Yelp reviews and that's it. It's not enough yeah. because everyone has that. So you've got to have something that not necessarily uh, makes you get everyone's attention, but when I go looking for best chiropractor in uh, L.A., then, like, like, why are you gonna come up, right? Why, why you? And so, if you are constantly creating media that displays your expertise, that's one of the very best ways to get attention, to get clients, and and to build your reputation and your credibility. Does that
0: make yeah, sense? I, I 100% agree, and I just had to have someone smarter like you tell uh, tell our audience that. And and you know, we talked about the people that you have behind it. We talked about the why. Uh, just a little bit about the how. I mean, I look at kind of the uh, the, the program that you have. Uh, it's a completed book manuscript. You have people that uh, interview you, and I got to speak about the customer service of you guys because full disclosure, if everyone knows Dr. Laura, who spoke at the summit last year, she's one of our mentors. Uh, she's uh, she she reached out to Book in the Box because I said, hey, you got to reach out to these guys. And and dude, you you literally called her on a Sunday night and. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't have expected that, but, I mean, that, that's that's just totally cool. So your process, like, what, what are you looking for? Is there a client you would turn away? And then what yes. happens – okay, what, what let's start there. What what doesn't what Book in the Box want to do? Like, obviously, like, write their new satanic rules or something probably, right? Or-
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't get many of those people. We've had one guy who wanted to come in and do something about little kids, and we're like, nah, dude, sorry, that's a little creepy. But, like, uh, um, we're not – I don't believe in extremes aside, we're not sitting here in judgment of the content. That's not our job. Um, Our job is to turn your ideas into a book. So there's really only two types of people we can't work with. Um, uh, People who are really fucking assholes and like are just (laughs) super difficult to work with. We have an, I have an amazing team and my CEO especially has built us an amazing process and we have really amazing customer service. But the flip side of customer services, we don't take shit from people. Like yeah. you, because you get a lot of serious type A, uh, like CEO types coming in here, thinking they're just gonna be like, oh, i do this, you're gonna do this, you're gonna do that. It's like, no, sorry, you need to go somewhere else. Like, that, yeah. no, that doesn't fly here. Um, so, but not many, that's, that's like, again, that's a minority. The, right. the big chunk of people that we have to turn down are people who come to us and they just want us to write their book for them. So like, oh, you know, write me a sales book. Okay, great, what do you know about sales? I, you know, this, the same stuff everyone knows about sales. Just write me a book to put on my resume. Can't do it. Then, then yeah. we'll just those people we refer to ghostwriters. Okay. Those are the people where you just you spend 75 grand and you find someone who's who writes business books for a living and tell them you know they'll interview you maybe once or twice and then they'll just turn out a generic sales book or whatever. If that's all you care about, don't use us. Go find a, a ghostwriter because uh, our our process is amazing, but it is predicated on you knowing what you're talking about. We get your ideas struck, we get them positioned and structured and outlined and out of your head and onto the page in your words and your voice, but we don't give you ideas. Like, I don't know shit about chiropractic, man. Like, what what am I going to add to your book? Nothing, you know? <laughs> but I, I can I can turn your ideas about chiropractic into a book. It's a
0: different and, then, thing. and then I like the fact that you guys are doing, you're helping out with, uh, obviously, uh, the marketing efforts, uh, which is, you know, going to be one of the part of the problems for anybody that's typically out there, because... Uh, especially in the healthcare field, doctors and chiropractors are not going to be typically the best at marketing their book. Uh, so there's a lot of value to what you guys are doing. Um, I, I, I love it. I mean, obviously I'm I'm, my, I'm like highly recommending this to, to any of our network out there. Um, is there, is, is there like one thing that you look for that are you like when you're, when you're interviewing these people? Cause I know when, when you were talking to Dr. Laura the other day, she had like 16 ideas and you're like, yeah. I, how, how do you how do you how do you work with someone like that?
1: So uh, we get a lot of people like that. In fact, most of our the people who come to us are you know accomplished professionals that 20 years in whatever their business, they could re- legitimately realistically write two or three books. So yeah. our job, what they what their most people's instinct is, okay, I've got to put these three books into one and that's what i call a meatball sunday it's it's a disaster cuz yeah. like you know meatballs are delicious ice creams is delicious but when you put them together meatball sunday it's disgusting so you're way better off eat, eating meatballs for dinner and then ice cream for dessert same thing with books so what we do is we help them figure out okay why are they writing this book like what result are they hoping to accomplish and which of their ideas will be best positioned to help them accomplish that goal and so we'll get them very sort of positioned there. And then we also go much deeper. We go into audience, like who is the audience you're trying to reach? You know, what is your message to them? You know, is it likely to resonate? You know, like if you want to be a professional speaker, then, you know, you've got to have a message that people who are paying speakers are going to want to, to, to sort of put on, on their stage, right? And, yeah. and so and it depends who you, it is. If you've got, I could write a book for real estate or I could write a book for these people. I go, okay, well, who do you want to speak to? we have a whole process for, for just getting that clear. Like with Dr. Lord, it only took 10 minutes. Like it was really easy. And we got her nailed in. She, she figured out she has kind of a new approach, not new, but a, a relatively novel approach to liposuction, um, at least a, a psychological sort of moral yeah. approach to liposuction that's very different. And when she gives speeches about it, people love it. And, and her practice is built around that. So doing a book about sort of like why liposuction is not just a cosmetic procedure, but it actually has all these other benefits and it has all these other attributes that you need to think about. Uh, and then helping people understand should you get it and then how do you pick your doctor, then it's like, okay, great. That will get her on 20 to 30 stages a year, and it will probably increase anywhere from 5 to 25% her practice, like right. direct leads from that book, right? Absolutely. So for her, it was like a really simple decision. Like she had 16 possible books, but there was one clearly – that made the most economic sense for her.
0: I'm surprised you guys didn't agree on doing something on the vagina. Sorry, I just. Well, we
1: thought about that, <laughs> lasering the vagina, because she wants to doing that. She's like, no, she knew. She's like, these books are books I want to write, but like, they're not like, they're not going to create anything for me now. You know? Yeah,
0: I, I like how I like I like how you guys worked. Uh, I mean, and that's got to be the paradigm of book in the box. Uh, if you guys are just joining us, I'm talking to Tucker Max, talking about book in the box. Uh, before I let you go, man, I'm really grateful for your time. I want to ask another question, again, because you're a smart dude, analytical, uh, you have a voice. You might not have the right answer. There might not be the right answer. But recently in our field, in our industry, we've gotten, it's been a, like a weird couple weeks. Uh, Joe Rogan podcast kind of slammed us calling chiropractic bullshit. Uh, then this 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 really just ooglo chick, cybabe babe uh, trashed us. And then the LA Times wrote an article about the history of chiropractic. I love one of your quotes. The haters scream the loudest. Obviously uh, you've dealt with your, you know, uh, detractors before. What is your, you know, in our space, you know, just me sharing that with you now in this age of social media, where, where just shit goes viral, like, just like that. What do you think our profession, our industry should be doing?
1: It's a good question. Um, it's funny. I used to think chiropractic was bullshit. My grandfather was a doctor, like an MD doctor. Yeah. And he used to always shit along chiropractic. And then I started doing It's funny you said Rogan because I started doing MMA and jujitsu about 10 years ago in LA. And I used to roll in like at the school that Rogan rolls at. And by the way, Rogan is, Rogan's an amazing, uh, jujitsu fighter. He's incredible. But, um, uh, uh, and so like, you know, like that shit will fuck you up, man. Like you've got to, like it messes you up. And so, I had a buddy – or one of the guys in one of my classes was a chiropractor. He's like, let me help you get an adjustment. I'm like, nah, voodoo, but whatever, right? Yeah. All the normal stuff. He's like, just come to my office. I'll do it for free, whatever. And like he did like all this cracking and maneuvering and nonsense. And I was like, what the fuck? I feel way better. And I'm like, even if this is placebo, even if that's – you just Even if it is, yeah. Right, even if it's placebo. By the way, there's a ton of study and, and uh, uh, data showing that placebo effect works for a lot of things. So the fact that it works is what matters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so uh, here's what I would do. Um, Rogan and those people, my point is they're not talking to the people who – they're not talking to your clients, right? Yeah. And, and so I wouldn't worry about it, man. Like no one's yeah. going out – okay, should I – they don't type in, you know, should I get a chiropractor? Oh, well, let me see what Joe Rogan With says. George. Let me see what Ellie <laughs> LA Times says. Let me see what this be- – like, dude, I wouldn't worry about it, man. What I would yeah. worry about is if I was a chiropractor, I would worry about uh, not even what, what problems I'm solving for people. I would actually worry about what outcomes am I getting people, right? Mm, yeah. how, how, how am I changing people's lives? And I would focus very deeply on that, and all of my marketing would be real testimonials from real people – Whose lives have been substantially changed through my chiropractic uh, practice and my work because if you can do that I don't give a fuck what Rogan says Rogan probably doesn't go to a chiropractor so like whatever dude it's like you don't go I'm seeing these other people say these great things about chiropractic they have the same problems I have so at least I'm gonna try it right yeah and then I go and then it's like oh either it works or it doesn't then at that point you've got to actually deliver right but here's the thing: if you if you start arguing with Rogan, then he's won because he set the frame as is chiropractic legitimate or not. And so as soon yeah. as you say, yeah, it is, then then, then now you're arguing. You can't. All, the best yeah. you can do is hold serve, right? Yeah. Ignore that frame. We set a totally different frame. Be, yeah, like here are the outcomes that our patients have. Because what's yeah. Rogan going to say? All of those people are lying. It's like shut the fuck <laughs> up, dude. You know, like what? Like, you know, like, uh, it, it's nonsense. Like I would just ignore it. And I would just focus on connecting with the people who have the problems that you solve and who want the outcomes you can get them.
0: Yeah, man. Hey dude, thanks for your time today. I'm really excited to have you next year at our summit in Vegas, uh, as a keynote, uh, uh, for our closing session on Saturday. Uh, I know you're going to just, you're going to bring it like you brought it to and I believe that just uh, surrounding again, my goal at Kairos Sushi is to surround our our network with really smart people uh, that can help you make more money, save money, make life easier, and serve more people. And I 100% believe that book in the box and what Tucker's built uh, can do that. Uh, and just really grateful for your time today, man. I'll I'll be seeing you around. Awesome, thank you, man. Happy to Next be. Here. Dude, be, be well, man.